Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Alex Barsinez. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you that this is your day. And we want to give you glory, Father. Just speak through me, whatever you want to speak, God. I pray that it will cause a revival in our hearts. I pray that it will cause a revival for those around us as well. Do what you want. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good to see you all. Some have returned from... Uh, break and then you leave, some uh, old faces, uh, good to see you again, Richie and Anne, good to have you back, you, um, and we did have a very eventful Wednesday night with the downpour, the, uh, the drain pipes and guttering getting flooded all the way down, and Chelsea said, uh, water here, so praise God for Brendan and Sharon, I think uh, they're not here for this service, they were here for the early one, but they were truly a godsend because they're professional steam carpet cleaners, and had all the equipment all covered up now that blow dry this area completely clean. Otherwise, it was a pool of water. We probably could have had a baptism service here for everyone. But praise God. And for the many hands that helped as well, um, you know, Adrian and team, there's so many that just came on board to help Wednesday night to get things, all the wet gear out to, to let the carpet dry. And I came at a good time. I had a, a Zoom meeting with Charity and Gay for house fires before they went off uh, on holidays to Singapore. And came just as everything had finished, and we were ordering pizzas and getting drinks, praise God. But yesterday, we, we did slog it out a little bit. Uh, the guys were back and brought the chairs out here and bringing things back around the side, and um, praise God. It was, it was actually a blessing in disguise because it's been a bit of a forced clean out with everything that was underneath the stage and on the side that we were just kind of like hoarding in, in, in the, some senses. So praise God for the men and women of the house who uh, put in so much throughout this week. Beautiful. So today I'm going to be talking to you guys about fasting. And day three in our 21-day fast talks about presence. So we, we want to have presence as a prayer point. And it is actually relevant to what God had asked me to prepare ahead of time before I knew what the prayer point was going to be. Because the presence of God is such a game changer. It's a difference in what people will recognize about us, about you. Because who knows that the Bible says that where the presence of the Lord is, there is freedom. I remember as a young man clubbing straight after high school, two, three nights a week, getting drunk, trying to chase girls, very badly at it as well. There's no skills at all in that area. And walking into Cranbourne Masonic Hall, of all places to meet God, was my friend that I grew up with in church, this pastor's kid who grew up to be a bit of a rebel, had the audacity and goal to want to hold a youth Christian meeting. But as soon as I walked in that room, I noticed there was something different about him. He was carrying something that I longed for, that void that I was trying to fill in my clubbing days with his sisters on band. It was basically a family youth leadership team. They were just re rehearsing. I came early and they were, they were practicing. I, I thought to myself, I've come to the right place. What they carry, I know, is God. I've grown up with them. And even though they, they re they've rebelled, I know that they've come back. I can sense there's something tangibly different about them. And so, long story short, I came to God that night. The biggest encounter I've ever had with God was that night. As a young man, 18 years old, about to turn 19, I felt my heart at the altar about to explode. 
as I was, I was encountering the love of God for the first time ever, even though growing up in church, couldn't really care about it, running away from the Sunday school teacher, hiding behind cars and trying to uh, escape her. But as a young man, looking and searching the presence of God, noticing it on someone that I got to know, even though I knew that they had rebelled and walked away, but come back fully to God, and when, when we fast, these are the, the effects that people actually notice there's something different about us. I, I actually do um, intermittent fasting throughout the year as well. And just before leaving Medibank, praise God, I had the privilege and honor of leading some colleagues to the Lord. But in lead up to those moments and times, I would have my boss say to me, I notice there is something different about you. Because one time we were at Eastland, walking towards at lunch spot, after I've just been fasting for a few days, and I see my old mentor from my previous church, and as soon as we saw each other, we just said hello, and we introduced um, him to my boss, and afterwards she goes, you know, you know what, even before he said hello, I just knew he was a Christian too. There's just something about what you guys carry that's so different from anyone else that I know. And praise God, before I was able to, before I left my previous workplace, a witness to my boss, I'm still working on her, but her colleague, who was new to the team, I, don't, I didn't report to her directly, but I didn't know she ended up coming to Awakening Australia. Two nights of three. Didn't give her life to God at those nights, but hey, what, guess what? I was praying, I was fasting. I was, I was just saying, God, use me for my colleagues. I know my time here is limited. I'm not going to be here forever. So I found out she went to Awakening. We went to NAB cafeteria just caught up and talked about the event. And I said, hey, you know what? Do you want to give your life to God? And she did. She's now plugged into church. She goes every week. She goes to Plain Shakers in the city, by the way, because that's where she lives close to. And she wants to join Tim Hall's crusade in PNG this year. Another colleague I led to the Lord, who I found, I've known him since I started work there over seven years ago. But I found out just this passed in 2018 that his mum is a praying Christian mum who lives in Mauritius, visits every now and then. And after awakening, praying and fasting again, praise God that he was open to receiving the Lord and answered prayer by his mum. But you see, the purpose of our prayer and fast, the heart behind it, biblically speaking, is actually that we develop a closer walk with God. But not so that we hold it for ourselves, not so that we just carry it, and hopefully people will say, Ooh, wow, there's a, there's a glow about you. Because physically speaking, it actually does something physically about you as you detoxify yourself from all the Maccas, the KFC, the Hungry Jacks, and, and you just do either a Daniel fast or a liquid fast. Something changes about your appearance. But more than that, the inward man, the inward woman, the spirit in you, is quickened to the Word of God, is quickened to the Holy Spirit who will guide you and protect you. Where major decisions about your life, He will instruct you on. In the book, book of Acts, it talks about Barnabas and Paul. After the disciples had prayed and fasted, that the Holy Spirit directed them to go off to the next mission. I remember even as making lifelong decisions like choosing a partner, because for many years as a young believer, I, in some ways, probably in a lot of ways, I idolized relationships. 
I always needed that other person to help me feel fulfilled. Like, I felt lonely at times. But it was those times that God was actually wanting me to seek Him and have a, a, a beautiful father-son relationship with Him and not always rely on someone and put them on a pedestal over God. And so for the longest season I had as a believer of being single, it came to that point at the start of 2009 I was absolutely content. My prayer and fasting was directly towards just devoting my heart towards God for whatever He wanted in my life for that year. So no agenda, no coaxing God in anything specific, but then to just give Him my heart. Well, the end of uh, January was coming shortly, February 14. Who knows what happens on February 14? Valentine's Day. And... I was, Jess came onto my radar, and I thought, hang on, here we go, here's, here's a good-looking bird, hey dad, how are you? And God placed on my heart that she potentially could be the one, but I was fearful that, is it my idols again, am I going to put her in pedestal again over God? And so I decided to just continue my fast a little bit, I, I did a bit of an intermittent fast, and I saw this vision of Isaiah 48 and 5, and it says, I spoke these things long ago. Before they happened, I announced them, lest that you can say that your idols have done them. And God was saying to me that before beginning time, this is my plan I have for you. Because, see, I've had prophetic words over my life that have generations of believers after me. So I wanted to ensure that whoever I marry, this thing's got to be done properly. This is 100% going to be correct. And so I had, had those words living in my mind. I don't, I don't want to stuff this up. I want to make sure that whoever I choose is actually God's plan for my life. And he said in his word, it's not your idols speaking, but it's me. I spoke them long before they happened. And these are the effects of prayer and fasting. Some other reasons why we would, why would we fast. Fasting was an expected discipline in both the Old and New Testament eras. Fasting and prayer can restore the lost of the first love for your Lord and result in a more intimate relationship with Christ. Fasting is a biblical way to truly humble yourself in the sight of God. Fasting enables the Holy Spirit to reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. I may not, I won't go into detail uh, now. I just didn't feel prompted. I remember when Dan went on, on a 40-day fast. And I won't get into detail now. I'll save that for Dan and Charles to share that, that story. But uh, many years ago, we were not kind of together as a family. But Dan went on the 40-day fast. In that 40-day fast, as that point just said, he will reveal your true spiritual condition, resulting in brokenness, repentance, and a transformed life. In that 40-day fast that Dan was on, God showed him certain things. And we were reconciled together as a family. It, it, it was a miracle. We, we were on the other side. We think, how are things going to be restored? But praise God. Holy Spirit does those things while we fast. He corrects certain things. And a short amount of time of six or seven years since what you guys were a part of in that previous movement, Awakening Australia, Fire Church, all the amazing things that God has done. Some ministers and pastors dream of that they can do in, in their lifetime. But in, in a short amount of time, God was able to break through. And these are the power and the effects of fasting. 
Furthermore, fasting will encourage the Holy Spirit to quicken the Word of God in your heart, and His truth will become, will become more meaningful to you. Fasting can transform your prayer life into a richer and more personal experience, and fasting can result in a dynamic personal revival in your own life and make you a channel of revival to others. Absolutely. You know that when we talk about revival, we're not just talking about the Spirit of God moving. It's the Spirit of God in you moving. He needs a vessel, a willing, hungry, desperate vessel to see His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And fasting, what it does is it takes the attention and focus off ourselves, of these temporary pleasures, that when those desires come, that we would actually spend time in His Word, that we would worship our God, would reflect on the things that He has in store for us. His will, not our will, His will. What are His plans for our lives? Because the Israelites found themselves fasting, but no one listening. In Isaiah 58, it talks about this. It talks about a true fast. Isaiah 58 and 6. And it talks about how the Israelites, whenever they fasted, it ended up in quarrels, in wickedness. And actually, there's a part of it in Scriptures where it says, during your fast, you do as you please. In other words, they're just doing it to, in some ways, manipulate God to get the things that they want for their own lives. Not ending in any love or holiness or any sort of godly character, but in weakness and things that you would not expect from believers. But Isaiah 58 and 6, it says this, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the, the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke, is, not to share, is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them, and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call on the Lord, and He will answer. You will cry for help, and He will say, Here I am. You know, the Bible also says that, Ask of me anything according to my will, and I shall give it to you. See, sometimes when we ask for things, we wonder what's happening. Where, where's the breakthrough? And there's, there's an example in the Bible where poor disciples, they tried to help this little boy out. He kept throwing himself in, uh, I think, fits of epilepsy. And he was basically demon-possessed. And the parents <laughs> said to Jesus, look at your disciples. They couldn't cast him out. What's wrong with them? Paraphrasing. And, and Jesus said, this sort of spirit only comes, by, comes out by prayer and fasting. There's certain things that we need to do in our walk with God that actually requires prayer and fasting, where our spirits are quickened with His spirits, with His Holy Spirit, so that He can actually entrust us that when we devote our time through prayer and fasting, that He knows we're coming to Him with a pure heart, that we want to abandon ourselves and our own will, that God, whatever you want for my life, do it in me and through me, and let me help others that you want me to help. 
Matthew 6, 16 to 18, how we ought to fast. What's the conduct, the right conduct in how we fast? It says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disguise their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on oil, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You know, there's a great reward in what we do in the private, in how we approach this fast. Yes, it's a corporate fast. Yes, we know publicly what we're doing, but... I think we lose out on the reward, we lose out on the benefit and what God wants to do when we kind of just walk around and just telling everyone, hey, look at me, I'm on a fast. Because when I was on my intermittent fast, it was only very rare occasions that my colleagues would know because we'd go out for a lunch walk together and they'd notice I'm not eating, that kind of coaxes it out of me that I'm fasting. But I remember as a young believer in my previous church, we had this business network breakfast every uh, few times throughout the year. At the Grand Hyde Hotel, paid $40 a head, and you get this awesome buffet spread of brekkie. And, you know, just sitting at my table, there's this guy, he just was walking around with a cup of coffee. And he, he, got, he went up to my table, he goes, hey, everyone, how you going? Yeah, good, how you going? He goes, oh, you know, I'm just, just struggle town, I'm fasting, and I go, hang on. As a young believer, I thought, that's not how we're meant to do it. Then I watched him <laughs> a little bit of that morning, he went to the next table. Hey, guys, how you going? Yeah, good, how, how are you? Oh, you know, I've just started my fast today. It's the flipping morning. It hasn't even been lunchtime yet. And he just went around and, and tried to get the glory off man. And that's not the idea. The idea is we get the glory of God to reflect his glory to man. We don't need to tell anyone that we're hungry. We don't need to tell anyone that we're starving ourselves. Let's do the right thing in the private place, seek him, worship him, and he'll reward us publicly. See, the times that I've fasted, there's been times in, in my work, previous workplace where people will say, oh, there's something different about you. There's something noticeably different about you. And it, 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 it's just a, what God will do in the spirit. And I'll use those opportunities to, to witness to people. I, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm, I'm starving myself and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it's just God. God loves you so much as well. And I'll share a bit of my testimony but what, what I love about fasting as well is we, we get to a place where we're so in tune with the Spirit. We're so confident in what He speaks in us that we're willing to take the step of faith, we're willing to take that risk. And there's been some prophetic words I've, I've spoken of uh, colleagues at work where they were just stunned and shocked. Often I would use the prophetic giftings to be able to cut through some unbelief, cut through some doubts. And, and my boss has been surprised. I am still working on her. We're still in contact. But she knows the reality of God. She knows that, yes, I do hear from God. And I, I can be a, a vessel for, for someone to speak to her about God. So why do we call for a corporate fast as well as, as a church, as a body? It actually demonstrates this in the Bible. In 2 Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat 
was up against the armies of Moab and Ammon, completely outnumbered. So he calls for a fast for three days of his Jewish people. And lo and behold, God gave them the victory. Esther, whose people was sentenced to death, asked the Jewish people to pray and fast for three days as well. That when she meets with the king, that he would turn his heart towards saving her own people. And this year, we know that God wants to do so much in our house, in our community, in our city, and the nations around the world with awakening Austria, with so many other things that's going on as well, that he wants us to tap into his purposes. He wants us to tap into his plans as a corporate group, as a corporate body, but also as individuals, because we can't function without you. We are the body of Christ. And God wants you to have your own personal revival before you create and see a revival in your own world. It's important that we hear directly from God, we move in the power of God so we can see the results of God, rather than moving in our own strength, in our own thinking, in our own ways. So there's different ways to fast. There's the Daniel fast in Daniel 10, 3. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. In other words, Daniel became a vegetarian, but a very bland vegetarian. There wasn't any, um, I guess, any fancy sauces or anything like that that accompanied his vegetarian diet. And I, I kind of wondered, and you might not like me for this, but if you are a vegetarian, what, what do you do as a Daniel fast? Do you eat meat or no? Um, but I'm sure there's, there's another way. That, if you actually look, there's several resources online about the Daniel fast, where what is included, what isn't. So even for vegetarians, there's ways that you can cut out certain parts of your regular diet to adhere to a Daniel fast. There's other ways to fast. There's the water-only fast. And we saw Jesus do a 40-day, a 40-night water-only fast, Probably more practical than Moses coming off the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights, not eating anything and not drinking anything at all. And then there's the liquids only fast. So anything that you can chuck in the blender, basically. No, no, really. But not, <laughs> not a cheeseburger in the blender. Not a cheesecake in the blender. And you can do intermittent fasting as well, especially if you are in labor, if you do a bit of labor work. It's not recommended that you do a full fast because you want to give your work excellence as well. And for you to faint and pass out in your job just because you haven't eaten, it's probably not a great idea. Um, and, but there are some practical reasons why some people may not be able to do food fast too, such as health reasons. If you're diabetic, there might be certain things that you can't cut out in your diet. But there is other ways that you can fast. If food is something that you can't abstain from, consider perhaps social media, your smartphone, TV shows, things that hold you back, your time and attention, things that get you thinking about things that you shouldn't really need to. And rather than doing those things, spending time in his word, in, his, in worship, because we see Jesus demonstrate this. In Luke 4, 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Luke 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. 
and at the end of them, he was hungry. I won't read the rest of those passages, but it talks about how the enemy tried to tempt him. Tried to tempt him with what the word had said. Tried to manipulate him out of it. And Jesus' response was, well, he actually said, isn't it written that man should not live? Isn't it, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus' response is, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. One of the first things that we see Jesus do is get into the Word of God. Know your Word of God during this fasting. Spend time in the Word of God. The second temptation that came from the enemy was that the devil would put him on a high place, would elevate him, would promote him to a high stature in society, outside of God's authority, outside of God's doing, and outside of God's will. And Jesus said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship in our fast. Worship God in our fast. Spend time in his presence. And then the third temptation was, the enemy said to him, won't angels come and save you if you were to throw yourself off this rock? What a suicidal, ugly spirit of the devil. But Jesus said, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In other words, don't try and get your own way, trying to manipulate your own way in this fast. Don't put him to the test. To the test. Hear from God. Ask God, what do you want to do with me and through me? And the power and the effects of fasting that Jesus saw in Luke 4 verse 14 says this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Everyone say, the power of the Spirit. Say it again, the power of the Spirit. So get this, Jesus came off a 40-day fast and he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and the news about him spread through the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. In that same chapter, we see that Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. We see many demons cast out, unclean spirits cast out, people with various diseases and sicknesses healed. You can't tell me if you're going to pray and fast, God won't anoint you because the anointing makes a difference. I remember at the start of 2017, my friend had asked me to preach at his youth camp and he thought I was actually a really good preacher because Jess and I were young adult pastors, young families pastors at our previous church. And to be honest, I wasn't amazing at all. I wasn't confident. I was a bit of a stutterer. I'd lose my track of train of thought. But he kind of just saw this this exterior image of me because of my profile and whatnot. So he asked me to come and preach at his youth camp. I was actually a little bit nervous if I was completely honest with you. But I sensed that God wanted to do something at that camp. See, they're a Baptist camp. And I asked him, well, is there anything specific that you want me to touch on and cover off? And he said, you know what, we, we love our word. We're, we're Baptist uh, and we're just in the word through and through. And I sensed from God that he wanted to show his youth group a different side of him. Those things that they've read about in terms of signs, wonders and miracles. The power of God. Rather than it being a theory. Let it be an experience for them. So in preparation for that youth camp, I just felt led to pray and fast that God will do whatever he wants in me and through me, through signs, wonders, and miracles. And on the way there from Cranbourne to Anglesey, 
beautiful part of Victoria to get to for a camp. That two-hour drive, just praying and worshiping, God, would you please show them signs, wonders, miracles. I rock up at my favorite time of the day, which is dinner time. Unfortunately, I was fasting, so I withheld from the food. But I saw this boy sitting by himself, this little kid, glasses on, probably not the most popular-looking kid at the camp. And I just felt led to get to know him and, and befriend him. I found out he was probably the only unbeliever in the youth camp, as what my friend had told me. And he was an atheist, a very smart, switched-on kid, very logical in his thinking and even his speaking when we had a chat. He just didn't believe in God, but he was just there because, yeah, that's right, he was actually chasing a girl. <laughs> because he ended up dating one of the girls that, um, I'll tell you about the story soon. But, praise God, he got saved at that camp. During the altar call, one hand came up, his hand. So, praise God, little atheist kid, the love of God touched him. But speaking about signs, wonders, and miracles. So, I'll get to the youth campsite. We had a pre-after-dinner pre-service meeting. And, you know, the leaders there were just doing the right thing, praying for the worship, the word. Um, it runs well, all that kind of stuff. Then I felt the Spirit of God remind me, pray for signs, wonders, and miracles. Remind them what you're here for, what God wants to demonstrate in you and through you. So I prayed for it, and I opened my eyes, everyone's like a little bit spooked out. Like, what's going to happen? Signs, wonders, and miracles. Anyways, the message for that night was how Smith Wigglesworth, a, a well-known revivalist in the early 1900s from England, getting saved in his mid-50s when his wife passed away shortly after, was going full ball for the gospel, seeing many lost come to him, to, to the Lord, seeing many healings, terminal illnesses. And he would go around different nations and hold crusade meetings, one of them being Australia, Melbourne City, Bridge Church now in Richmond, back then called Richmond Temple. He spoke there and saw many outbreaks of the Holy Spirit in terms of demons being cast out, physical healings, salvations, and reports of him going to Brunswick Hospital, accounts about terminal illnesses being cured, deaf ears being opened. And I said to these kids, here's a man that didn't need to go to Africa, India, China, Philippines in a missions trip where we hear all these amazing things and praise God for them. But he came to our city where we go for our lattes, our cappuccinos, our magic lattes, our brunches and lunches, our regular Western developed country city of Melbourne. He was here and he saw a move of God. So why can't we? Why can't we experience the same thing? So I gave an altar call, and my fear and trembling, they responded for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then the crowds had departed. And from where that air conditioning unit is, just in that back corner, there was a group of girls there. And one girl in particular was sobbing her eyes out. I thought, what's going on? I walked over. I asked one of her friends, what's happening here? This girl was actually suicidal, and she had been cutting herself. And they know her for doing that. And seen the scars. The reason why she was cutting, the reason why she was bawling her eyes out and crying, was God had removed every single scar from her forearm, from her wrist. And praise God that His love ministered to her. 
in the power of God, I didn't even pray for anything remotely to do with that. I would just ask God in that meeting, if God can do it back then, why can't He do it now? Why can't He do it here? And I will just let the Holy Spirit just move. And so I prayed over her that the spirit of suicide wouldn't come back. And we became Instagram friends. I, I, I checked her history. Before that youth camp day, it was very dark and suicidal. A lot of gothic posts, a lot of suicidal posts. After that youth camp, it was complete. You can hardly tell it was the same person. Scriptures, it was full of light. A completely different person. And that atheist kid started dating her. Previous atheist kid. <laughs> but praise God. Because the purpose of fasting, yes, is to get closer to God, but it's also to change the world around us. And so the Bible says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. The Beatitudes, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who pray and fast for righteousness shall be filled. Because during this fast, I believe God is actually going to break off some old habits as well. And I love how it's a 21-day fast, a three-week fast, because study shows that it takes 21 days to break old habits and 21 days to form new ones. So perhaps there's some habits that God wants to break in you during these three weeks. Habits of swearing, smoking, alcohol dependency, life-controlling and damaging addictions. Habits of excessive social media time, TV time, gossiping, negative thinking, and unbelief about your situation, your life, your call, and your future. And more so that He wants to create habits of holiness, purity, devotion, prayer, sacrifice, sensitivity to His voice, and His commands. And I pray that after this fast, we actually will continue on and seek God and not wait another year for another fast. We would seek Him in our weekly lives. You know, I want to open it up for the Holy Spirit to do whatever He wants this morning. And let me just read this part to you. Atomic power with God through fasting and prayer. Franklin Holm. In 1946 to 1947, a great movement of fasting and prayer was spawned. First in America, then the rest of the world Franklin Hall's book, Atomic Power with God Through Fasting and Prayer, was a spark that ignited the hearts of thousands to go on extended fasts, to seek God for revival and the restoration of spiritual gifts to the church. Many went on 40-day fasts afterwards. In 1947 to 1952, the great healing revival broke out through the ministries of William Barnum, Branham and Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne, and a host of others who began to experience gifts of the Holy Spirit. They began to see extraordinary miracles in their ministries, and thousands were converted and healed. Most of these itinerant evangelists followed Hall's practice of fasting. In 1948, the latter rain outpouring visited North Battleford, Canada, and swept into the United States. The leaders all agreed that it was after reading Atomic Power that they entered a season of grace of fasting, which after three months resulted in a powerful outpouring of the Spirit, restoring spiritual gifts and ministries to the church. It, was led, it also led them to employing the laying on of hands for healing 
and for imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the truth of fasting with prayer was a major catalyst in this revival. We cry for revival. We cry for revival. It only comes through prayer and fasting. I just want to let the Holy Spirit just do whatever He wants right now. That this is very different from the first service where I'm actually going to put a stop to here because I feel so strongly led by the Holy Spirit to just open up this altar for Him to speak revival to your own heart in whatever capacity that may be. That could possibly be a hindrance, a habit that He wants to break off you. It perhaps could be a plan, a vision, a dream that He wants to revive in you. So I just want to open up the altar for healing as well. That it would be remiss of me to talk about the signs, wonders, and the miraculous power of God that He can heal the sick and not give you that opportunity to be healed. So if anyone wants to respond to any of those things, whether it be your own personal revival, in your own heart to come forward, if it's healing you need in your body, to come forward. We've got a beautiful prayer team that's going to help me pray with you. If it's something that's holding you back that you need prayer for, if it's a sin, a bad relationship, anything that's holding you back from the fullness of God and you knowing and understanding His love for you and His plans for you, would you be brave enough to come forward and we'll pray together? And before we do, I want to just pray for those that heard about God, but possibly don't know God. See, I grew up in a Catholic school, knowing about God, learning about God in RE, in chapel masses, but never feeling it relevant to my own life. I also grew up, because my parents are separated, throughout the week, Catholic high school, Sunday, born again church like this, but not seeing any relevance to it. Running away from the Sunday school teacher, ducking under cars, trying to avoid her. Because the only people I saw getting into it were people of my dad's generation, us young ones. We just couldn't find ourselves getting into it for, and seeing what was the whole point for us. It wasn't until after high school that I, all those things I learned about God was a huge difference compared to knowing God personally. The Bible for once came a living word to me. God would speak to me directly through His Word. He'd point out certain scriptures about my situation. I'd spend time with Him at Mentone Beach. And I would spend hours as a young believer just worshipping God. It was no longer this deadbeat religion. And as a young man, I got a little bit relaxed my devotion to God. I stopped doing that. And at my home, my bedroom, as a single man, three o'clock in the morning, God woke me up to the sound of birds, seagulls in the air, waves crashing. It was like, if it, it was like I was at Mentone Beach again. And God was saying, I miss you, son. Come back to me. Because I looked around. Everyone was asleep. No lights were on. No one was watching telly. God was saying, come back to me. And God wants that relationship with you. If you've walked away, He wants you to come back to Him. Today is the day of salvation. So can everyone please close their eyes?
and bow their heads and pray this prayer with me. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.